Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here today with Patrick Kanan out of Fair- Fairfield, Ohio with T3 Fitness and Training. How are we doing today, Patrick? Life's good. Life's good. Life's good. Good day to be a Bengals fan. Heck yeah, that's right. Still living that high moment. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Sweet. Okay, Patrick, first thing I want to say to you is thank you. Um, And, you know, I know how hard it is sometimes to get out of the busy day-to-day of the gym owner life um, and be able to set even an hour aside to do something like this and contribute back to your own industry. So I just want to say thank you for that. My pleasure. Sweet. And then um, first thing I want to start with here is walk the listeners through, you know, we'll lay out the scene, paint the picture here for what got you into the industry and what has led you to where you're at currently now, 2022. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, going way back, um, I'm a current real estate agent and had done that for about 15 years now. And I actually had a real estate coach. Um, and at the time, uh, we were going through a book, uh, think and grow rich. And we had to kind of lay out our vision for what we wanted next five years. And in the process, um, I had put on there that I wanted to open a gym kind of think in terms of stepping out of real estate and being more in the, the fitness world. Um, always, I coached sports when I was younger, played sports, weekend warrior stuff. So that was kind of um, caught on the back burner. And then fast forward a little, me and my cousin one day were sitting and we had some extra cash, like, Hey, we should open a gym. And sure enough, um, we found a place, took a small garage, kind of tore some walls down um, spent very little money, actually. I think we had 11000 in total uh, investment at the beginning. Uh, the place, it wasn't the pretty, well, we thought it was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> in turn, uh, if we fast forward now, it looks much different than it did. So um, opened up, kind of soft opening 2012, um, hit the ground run in 2013. Yeah. Uh, fast forward now and not selling much real estate any longer, kind of here full time. So yeah. Um, a lot of in-between stories, but that's the, the quick reader's digest version. Yeah, cool. So you've been in the game for quite some time now. And I think, um, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I, I hear usually it's like, hey, the, the two types of gym owner stories I hear is I was a personal trainer. I had clients. It made sense for me to open a gym. But for you, it's it's cool. It's kind of like a passion project in a sense. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, I, I just wrote this down, not really knowing if it would even happen. And boom, and like it's here. It's happened. Yeah. Now it's a passion project, but I'm still a business owner, you know? So, yeah. yeah. That, that being said, I'm very big on teaching people to, to write your vision and put it on paper. Because yep. some, something magical happens when you get that on paper. Uh, I agree and, with and, you. And we don't always know why, but fast forward and suddenly, you know, especially if you, if you ever look back on it. Um, I did the same thing probably in 2013. I wrote I wanted a Tacoma. Well, sure enough, I forgot about it. And then next thing you know, I'm driving a Tacoma. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it's, it's just, it's weird how that works. So always mm-hmm. write it down. Yep. That's funny. Cause that's like been my mission. Well, more so the last six months of 2021 was just write things down. I would mm-hmm. even be in the shower washing my hair and I would just say things out loud. And I'd almost like laugh at myself about some of it because it sounds uh-huh. so off the wall and it's like, boom, like a lot of those things have happened and it's yeah. possible. Those uh, are signs. You gotta, you gotta follow the signs. 
yep, you sure do. You gotta, you gotta act like it's your life before it is your life type thing. Yep. So I can, act I, as if. I can yeah. get behind it. Cool. I like it. Awesome. Patrick, let's, let's kind of transition into this. Um, again, you know, lay off the scene, paint the picture of the services that are offered at T3. Um, I'd love to hear about, you know, what all you're doing in a day's time. Um, so the listeners can understand. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, we kind of have two products here, if you would, two main products. Um, one being boot camps, um, class 25 to 30 people. Um, everybody's doing the same workout, um, which um, more, uh, we'll call it hit training. Um, we got a little structure to it, but everybody's doing the same, which allows me to correct people pretty quickly. Can kind of mm-hmm. glance around the room and say, hey, these three people are doing it wrong. Let me correct them. Um, that was kind of our bread and butter when we started. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what we started doing, it was, you know, we chat with the people in there and then pull them into PT slash small group. Um, and then what I've noticed over the years with that, so, uh, now there's, there's always, always new been, ones. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, we, we haven't we haven't spent a lot of money on advertising because we, we just try to do a real good job of taking care of the ones we have mm-hmm. and making sure that that room has the right feel about it. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that that makes total sense. I mean, because, you know, you think about word of mouth and organic growth and, you know, having those OG clients is what I call them, like the people you've had since day one. And I, and, and, you know, we'll touch on this now. I was going to bring it up later, but, you know, you said, hey, we're not, I haven't really put a lot of money into paid advertising. And it's because, well, one, you know, we have 1200 square feet. So we gotta be, we gotta be mindful, mindful. of who we're flooding in, but two, um, word of mouth works for the space to some capacity because those OG clients are going out and being our natural salesmen without even realizing they're doing it right. They're going to church, the grocery store to a friend's house. And, you know, at some point your facility comes up, I'm sure in the conversation. So sure. by the time that these, you know, new clients show up, you're pretty much just signing them up at that point because your, your OG clients, their, their natural conviction showed through that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So with that being said, um, is we're sitting at how many members right now? So we have like a, a handful of people on an auto pay. So they come three days a week. They pay this. Uh, they, they come five days a week. They pay this. Uh, and then we have um, my old-fashioned card system. So they buy a 10-pack. Uh, when it's up, they buy a new 10-pack, which I learned the hard way. That is not the way to go. Uh, it's not very sticky. Um, they kind of they ghost you at times and not knowing it. So I would highly encourage, and, I, and I've learned this the expensive hard way, get them on an auto pay of some type. Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely was an income changer when we started doing that. Um, so current members, we have about 60 of the small group PTs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a revolving door, probably of two to 300 of the boot campers. Yeah, that's, and you touched on, you know, something good there that I think for people that are in that aspiring gym owner place is, yeah, I'm always going to say the packs um, are, are not the most beneficial because <laughs> you know, let's, I've seen, I've seen some of them done where it's like, okay, cool. 10 set or 12 sessions. You got to use them in a month. Maybe that can make some sense, but then sometimes you put these time spans on them, like 12 months or whatever it may be. And it's like people that gives them no, um, sense of of urgency to show up. 
Um, and then, so yeah, you made a good point. Yeah. We figured this out that in order for the business to one, be able to pay their bills, we got to have some sense of security, which is yep. going to be in some sort of, you know, um, EFTs, you know, people that are, are paying a monthly fee. Exactly. Um, yeah. So cool. So out of, um, the, I know it's, we're at 60 in the small classes, small group. Is that correct? And correct, yeah. revolving in the, in the, um, boot camp. Okay. How many people would you say we have on like an EFT or a monthly reoccurring type of payment system? That one, I could, I could pull it up now. That's about 85 people. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. 85 people. Sweet. So I always like to ask this question. Let's say, you know, we're at 85 people on a reoccurring, we know those are like our stable, you know, mm -hmm. forms of revenue. Um, are we, are we sitting at a place where we're like, nah, 85 is cool. I'm happy with it. Or, um, are we wanting to kind of grow and expand clientele as far as EFT members? So, you know, in a perfect world, they'd all be on it, but the, the space dilemma is always a challenge. So we're blessed in the summertime because, so we're in a building that has three units, um, and I have the first and third unit, the third unit's kind of a catch all, but it allows us, we're really the only ones there. Cause the guy next door never shows up. So we have the whole outside. Mm -hmm. It's a totally different gym in the summertime. Yeah. Our classes can have 45 people. Mm -hmm. Um, we can, you know, we can have the small groups can have 15 yeah. people. So we run into that dance of how do we have enough in the winter, but not too much. And how do we have enough in the summer, but you know, not too little. Yeah. So to answer your question, um, on our vision is finishing that other side. Um, it, once we get that done, that, that opens up a lot of avenues of, Hey, you know, we rent that out to another trainer. Hey, yeah. also. And so that's, that's kind of on the, the 2022 vision. Yeah. So yeah. That, that'll be a game changer for sure. So, you know, um, showers too. We want to, we want to add showers. That's the thing we're kind right. of missing. Our morning, I think suffers because of it. So That'd be a game have, yeah that makes sense just don't have enough time to do the class shower go to work yeah they yeah they don't have a shower we don't have a shower here for them to do that yeah. to do that yeah that makes so sense to work. Yeah. yeah yeah okay sweet so you know and i always like to touch on this as well because this is a real thing right like i mean we we're limited on space that limits us as far as growth if we don't grow we don't make more revenue right so that's yep. This is a real life thing. Um, so the next avenue of growth would be through Ascension services, um, where maybe we can't get more bodies in the door, but we can take our existing member and ascend them up into whether it's a one-on-one, -on -one, nutrition, accountability. Have we ever considered anything like that to make the most of our existing members? So, you know, I always talk about buckets of income here. Um, so I, I haven't dabbled. I don't want to do one-on-one -on -one, um, only because I'm limited on time anyways. Um, so I've kind of never went down that avenue. We've had people ask, but to be honest with you, I'll have six people here paying $12 each and they like each other and they'll come back four days a week versus one paying $60 that gets bored and I get them for six weeks. So that's kind of the, that, that's what I've learned through trial and error. Um, spending more money would always be good. So we do provide some supplements, not a ton. Um, that's income for me, not doing anything. It's always nice. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's on the agenda. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, for, like you said, there's some people that's asked you to do it. Do you, you know, think in the future, finding someone that's maybe just dedicated to the one-on-one so you can kind of stick to your bread and butter, would that, would that be really beneficial for the business? If we finish the other side. Yeah. Yeah. In the space we're in right now, now it would be, we, we started originally with two of us and it was just, we got in each other's way. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, if we had that other side finished, um, and in a perfect world, if it's totally finished, we rent it out to teams and we do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the baseball team can do their little thing over there while I'm still over here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, next thing I, I kind of want to transition into here and I ask everybody this, that joins me, cause I think it's, can be a lot of value for the listeners is what is, you know, and I know we touched on probably some potential bottlenecks, but what is like the biggest bottleneck for you right now in the business that if it's not cleared out of the way in a timely manner, will hold you back from some growth? When you say bottleneck, what do you mean by that? Like, so bottleneck meaning just overall congestion in one space. So meaning whether it's, it's not enough staff, it's not enough space. It's not enough things that are going to hold you back from moving forward. It's definitely space. Yeah, it's definitely space. That's our big, that's our big thing. And you know, like most gyms, you know, 6 p.m., we got too many people here. You know, 2 p.m., we don't have enough. Um, yeah, and that's something that's interesting as well that I've heard people say that's a bottleneck for them is we have, we're fully loaded in the morning, fully loaded in the evening. That's obviously, we know in the industry, the two popular times for classes. But what's interesting now, and I've noticed this, you know, post-pandemic, if you will, I know we're not really out of it, but you know what I mean, um, yeah, I is a lot of people are able to come at some of those different weird times because they work from home. Um, so, you know, is it a matter of like, are you able to do those times or can we find somebody that does some of those times to be able to have more people come through our facility? Yeah, I got you. So, well, and that was, uh, there was another trainer I was talking to and she was wanting to rent space from me and we've kind of dialed in on that. So I told her the options, Hey, here's when I'm not here. You can rent that. Um, yeah. So that, that, that would be an income option because uh, I'm not here all the time. Right. Uh, we, we close 11 to two uh, and then do half days on the weekend. So, you know, that would be definitely something. And, and in that sense, I would rather, my thought was hire the, you know, she rents it out. She pays me so much per hour, let's say. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with any of her billing, but yeah, that was, that's on the agenda as well. Yeah. 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 No, sense. I think that could be huge for sure. Um, yeah. As long as I don't want to, I don't want to be here at the same time as her, vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get her way. Yeah. And that makes sense, you know, especially as far as space goes, um, you know, but if, you know, if you're able to get that second half of the facility up and where you want it, then it's yeah. like, you could both be in here. You could find probably someone that maybe wants to do like a higher ticket one-on-one, you know, whatever sure. it may be for like a, those additional streams of revenue for sure. Um, and I always bring up nutrition also because, you know, you and I know in the industry, because we've been in it, that we know how important that element of fitness is. And it's like, it's Very funny, fun. it's funny, but some, most people that are new to the game, they, they genuinely just don't realize the importance of it. And it's crazy. They, they think they understand what's healthy and they really don't. Um, and it's kind of like guiding people to, to expedite getting to their goal a little faster, mm-hmm. which increases value. And then they stay longer. Um, yeah. Sweet. Okay. So next thing I, I want to touch on here um, is let's say if you could wave a magic wand, right? Um, 
and poof, the business is like right where you want it, whether it's the way it looks, it, it feels when you walk in, the, the way that it operates. And this can even sound totally off the wall. Like, I mean, magic wand type of stuff, you know, sure. what would the business be like, operate like, feel like, you know, the whole nine. So um, new building, first thing. So uh, we were in the process, we were gonna have a 90 by 70 building, cut that in half. I use half, so we'd have about 3,600 square feet of the showers, the bathrooms, et cetera. Um, we're gonna have garage doors on each side, nice little cross breeze there. Um, the other half, we were gonna rent it out to baseball teams, cheerleading, whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. we're getting income, but not getting in each other's way. Yep. Now, I do think an important thing, and I think we have this here, this is one of the things we've been blessed with. If you're small and you got a crowded room, it creates a certain energy and that's where the relationships I think are made. When people have to get in each other's way, they have to talk. If it's so right. big that they don't, they don't talk. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So that was my fear. And when, when we were looking to build, if we were 6,300 square feet, suddenly the room feels empty. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to Wrigley, but if you go to Wrigley Field, it always feels crowded. It's because it only holds yeah. 25,000 people. Right. You know, you show up at Great American and it holds 50 and it feels empty. Right. So, so, so kind of the goal in a new building would be keep that energy, uh, not lose that intimacy, if you would. Yeah. Um, so that that's first one would be building. Um, second thing would be not have to show up at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I want to sleep till 6.30, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, now if we have a magic wand, it's that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, traveling a little more would be nice. So, um, yep. yeah, so I guess enough income coming in that you don't worry about. Now, hiring people – go back and forth. See, I used to be a manager in real estate mm-hmm. and I don't want to manage people. Right? I don't want to lead them if you would. Um, so I don't know on that part. Um, I go back and forth. Um, yeah. Kinda- and you know, um, I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm hearing right now in the industry is when it comes to staff or just whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And, you know, there is a point where we do need some sort of like right hand man or something. Sure. For one person, and maybe we, we can wear all of the hats, but could someone wear four of them a little better than we do, you know, like so yeah, yeah. strengths and, and weaknesses, you know? Yeah, and I think maybe it's even somebody to to do this stuff I'm, I'm not good at, because you, you can't be good at everything. Exactly. So the finance side, the, the, the keeping, the, you know, the managing the things of the, of the gym, if that makes sense, versus mm-hmm. the people. Um, so yeah, yeah, that would be nice, yeah. We'll call it yeah. an assistant. A gopher, go for this, go for that. Yeah. Um, typically, yeah, yeah. I have my daughter do it or the boss over here. She she tends to do yeah. it. Um, yeah. Which yeah. I'm sure she does. She appreciates and doesn't appreciate it at the same time. Right. Yeah. 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 And, Very you true. Know, yeah. And what I hear a lot is also right now is, you know, it's, and I think it's really true is I almost think it's harder to find good employers than it is employees. And, it's you think about it there's there's a lot of people in this industry unfortunately when we think of like personal trainers let's say that go to a really crappy place and their whole vision on the industry is skewed where they either they stop they get out of the fitness industry as a whole or they think every other place is going to be like that and i always say you know from from an employer standpoint it's like we we should be offering these employees an offer or an opportunity that would make them feel really stupid if they said no to it. It's like, you know, you think about it, 
when we're talking to someone that comes in and they're interested in, in our classes, you, I'm sure you have full conviction that this is the best thing they could do for themselves. You're like, yeah. like, I, I believe in this so much. I know that this is like the best thing that you could do for your life. It's almost like this, the same sense when we're hiring people, it's like making them have that, like you're, you're selling them to some capacity as much as they're also kind of selling you. Yeah. You know? Now, that being said, I've never interviewed somebody to hire here, so <laughs> I haven't went down that avenue. Yeah. Um, in real estate, you know, obviously I did that, yeah. so it was a, I was down that avenue a lot. Yeah, um, and, um, I also, another thing I hear often as well, or like I've, I've talked about is it's that feeling of more like, it, it's like I've built this thing from the ground up. It's hard to step back and delegate in a lot of ways, um, and and I don't know if this is obviously the case for you. I'm just speaking in general terms, but let go. Uh, like that letting go feeling. I yeah. Go. yeah. Yep. And you know, I had someone one time tell me on the podcast and I'll, and I'll always use this example because I love the way he said it was um, once he realized that he's always, he's the owner, he's always going to give a hundred percent. No one's going to do it like him. And he started to accept that someone's 80% is probably really good in comparison to his 100%. So it was like he was always wanting to find someone that was like him. And he's like, gotcha. I had to realize I'm me. No one's ever going to be me. Nobody sure. cares much as you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So 80% in comparison to your 100%. It's probably fairly okay. And, and that's why I kind of like the idea of them renting the space. I almost think in terms of salon loss, you know? Hey, I'm providing the building and the and the equipment. Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna treat it like they own it. Yeah, yeah. they just have to treat their clients well. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. That's I why I like that idea. When she, the, the lady, had reached out to me, so I was like, hmm. I was open enough to listen. Yeah, I think um, the independent contractor sort of thing can, can can be very beneficial. You know, for the sense of they're coming in and essentially, you know, they're paying you rent, and that pays. Mm -hmm your overhead yeah. um and then i would say the only like con that i've, I've heard about it is they're focusing on building their own brand simultaneously yep. within your brand yeah so sometimes they're not going to have that same conviction towards sure. your brand in the way that you do because they're trying to build their own brand and feel about something in the ways that you do um, theoretically they're your competition at the end of the day, yeah, at some point, yeah, they, they will be. And you know what I mean? So I always look at it like rent versus revenue. You know, rent's going to be with your independent contractors. Revenue is going to be with your W-2 people, whether it's yeah. one or three. You know what I mean? So, sure, sure, um, sure. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So as we're kind of nearing the end of our time here, Patrick, I would love for you to tell the listeners something, you know, 2000 and back in 2013, you wish someone would have told you, taught you, whatever it may be, um, kind of taking this leap into this industry. Meet the clients where they are. And what I mean by that is when, when I first started, I wanted everything to do it. I wanted everybody to give as much effort as I would working out. Right. And, and, and it came with some frustration because you get clients in here that are here for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Not that they're here for me. They're not here for me. They're here for them. Yeah. So it, it took a few times of hearing clients. Uh, I overheard, a, we have a lady coming here and, and she's went through, she has a daughter that has cancer. And, and I overheard her telling us somebody, not a story, but she was just saying, Hey, this is my one hour a week. And I don't have to think about anything, but coming in here. And, and it made me realize that people don't always come in here to get in shape or for X, Y, Z. They come here for their mental health. 
Yeah. And so I got to get out of their way and let them do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I shouldn't get upset if they only use 12 pound dumbbells instead of 20. Yeah. Right. So, so my advice to anybody starting a place is meet them where they're at and -hmm. find out where they're at and where they want to go. Don't take them down my road. Yeah. Right. So, Mm -hmm. cause my road might not be where they want to go. Yep. So get out of our own way. Uh, listen to your clients um, and have enough ego to say it's okay if they don't do it my way. Right. Right. Find out why they're really here. Mm-hmm. So that was um, that was definitely one of those moments. It's like, ah, and, and, it, and it helps me as far as a parent too and a dad. Because yeah. sometimes you want to take the kid and make the kid do it exactly the way I did it. Well, he's his own individual. Right. right. And he, you know, and, and that's the thing here. They're all they're all here for different reasons. And I think it's my job to find out why and then help them get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Not not push them down a road that they don't want to go. So. Yeah. And I'll definitely edify you on that because from like a personal trainer standpoint or someone in the industry, you know, that that is something that a lot of people don't ever figure out as far as, you know, meet the client where they're at. You know, you'll see it really often in the industry that will will flex our certifications and, you know, the, all the anatomy and physiology that we know and all these things. And it's like we're, we're giving out these cookie cutter solutions to problems that we never, one, figured out or cookie yep. cutter solutions to a goal we never asked about. Yep. And it's yep. like you got to meet them where they're at and then prescribe from there. So yep. that's a really good point that you made there. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So Patrick, um, where can the listeners find you on social media, the, the facility, you, anything? Yeah. So we have a fan page. Uh, we do live videos three days a week, actually on my own personal, um, Facebook page. It's Patrick J. Kanan. Uh, so during the pandemic with us being, uh, everybody's closed. So I decided to do boot camp online every day. So it was, um, a great experience for myself. It forced me to step out of my box, uh, step out of my comfort zone, if you would. So yeah. from that, um, that was six, it was six hours a week. So I just didn't have the time to do the whole hour. So now we do a 15 minute short one, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. So if you want to jump on, uh, I'd love feedback on that. Um, I do it kind of for selfish reasons as well. It forces me to work out. Yeah. That's true. I tell people I'm going to be there. I got to be there. Uh, So, you know, we learned that about ourselves. It's it's easy to do when you're at a gym all the time. It's easy to forget to work out. Um, so that's probably the easiest way to find us or, uh, T3 fitness and training. If uh, we have a fan page, uh, we try to post free workouts on there. Uh, if anybody wants to, you know, hey, you're at home, you're bored. We put a, it's usually a short to the, you know, kind of high, high, in te- high intense training. Um, kind of with a little punch because it's only 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, I tell people if that's not enough, just do it twice. Yeah. So, yeah. Now you got 30 intense minutes. So, um, yeah, those are the two easiest places to find us. Okay. Uh, if any gym owners out there, you know, got questions about opening a gym, by all means, they can reach out. Heck I'm yeah. glad they answered questions. Yeah. Well, Patrick, again, it was a pleasure having you today. Well, my pleasure. Appreciate your time. Sweet. And Jim Lords, I hope you guys gained some value from today's episode. If you liked what you heard today, you can like and subscribe on all of your favorite listening platforms. If you want to take it a step further from there and be our next guest, please fill out the application form below. We would love to have you. Again, guys, it's Patrick Kanan out of Fairfield, Ohio with T3 Fitness and Training. And Jim Lords, we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Kyle Jack, owner of Warrior CrossFit Muscatine in Muscatine, Iowa. How's it going, Kyle? Good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for making the time to be here with us today. I'm super excited to chat about Warrior CrossFit. So let's hop right into it. Tell us a little bit about the gym and what kind of services do you guys offer? Yeah, so we are a CrossFit affiliate and we are primarily focused on CrossFit group classes. Um, we do a little bit of personal training here and there, and we offer uh, what I would call like a, a beginner friendly class. But our sole focus for the, the last five years, which is how long I've owned the gym, has been on developing um, great CrossFit programming and great CrossFit classes. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome. I love that. Obviously, as we discussed, I'm CrossFit background myself, so I always love to get to talk to CrossFitters, but really just the group model in general, I think is super fun, super high energy, lots of camaraderie, um, very cool. So, so I'm excited to dig into that a little bit more, but first give us a little background on how Warrior CrossFit Muscatine came to be and how did you know it was the right time to go into business for yourself? Yeah, so I actually didn't start Warrior CrossFit Muscatine. Um, it was started in 2011, um, and I actually joined as a member in late 2012. So just a you know a little over a year after they've been open, I joined as a member, um, and that was kind of my first introduction into CrossFit. And you know, the typical story of people who get into CrossFit, like they usually get really into CrossFit, right? And <laughs> right. I think it was, the, it was the first style of training that I had ever done in my life that I was like, oh, this is actually hard. Um, and then I, I had actually started seeing results doing it. And up until that point, I'd always just kind of dabbled in other areas of fitness. Um, so being able to kind of like see results and do hard training, um, it, it just really hooked me. So I think I was just a member at the gym for like six months before I ended up getting my level one and started tinkering with some coaching and then kind of remained a member slash coach um, for a few years. Um, I did some personal training out of the gym, um, but always had maintained uh, another full-time job at that time. And then um, in 2016, the owner of the gym was really looking to just kind of move on. Um, I think he was going back to school, just ready to, he had some kids, like just life was changing for him and uh, he needed to, to make a change. And I had decided that this was the route I wanted to go and, and give it a shot to turn uh, the gym into a business that, that could support me. And I think that was always, always the goal with, with buying the gym from him was to make it into a legit business that could support me where before it was like this classic old school CrossFit kind of like clubhouse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Um, very cool. So 
you know, you obviously you you purchased the gym 2016. Um, you know, I'm sure that you kind of it sounds like you made some tweaks as far as the culture and format of the gym. Um, so you know, everything's everything's moving along, and then all of a sudden 2020 hits. <laughs> and um, you know, obviously COVID kind of punched everybody in the face here. Statistically, about a third of gyms closed entirely. Um, so I think, you know, obviously the fantastic thing is, is you're still here, you're still helping people. So what, you know, I think what I and our listeners would like to know is how exactly did the pandemic, the shutdown affect your business and what did you guys do to stay afloat during that time? Yeah. So, um, the, the, the short answer is we took, we took advantage of a unprecedented time, mm-hmm. um, we had some other things going on in early 2020 that were negatively affecting our business. And I think as a team, we felt kind of lost a little bit, lacking a vision, lacking direction. Um, like you had said, we had been working for about four years, working on changing the culture of our gym. And I mean, that sounds like a long time, but when you're taking a hundred people and trying to, you know, make small changes over time, one thing that was important to me when I took over ownership, wasn't to just like clean cut, just everything. I just changed little things over time. So we'd kind of been doing that and we were facing some struggles in early 2020 and then this shutdown, you know, the state of Iowa, we had like an eight week mandatory shutdown. And at that time, you know, everybody pretty much complied with that because it was like, we really don't know what's going on. Um, So during that eight weeks, I sat down with my team and we really spent a lot of time figuring out like, what is our goal here? What is our long-term vision? And what do we need to do to make this sustainable, profitable and and work for for everybody? So we met about three days a week for those eight weeks and talked and worked and designed things for a couple hours. Um, And I would say that that that's probably one of the the best, we we just really took advantage of that opportunity that I I mean, I guess I hope we don't have again. Um, But uh, I think there's a saying that you should never let a good crisis go to waste. And really that to me just means like take advantage of like opportunities. Maybe you see something as a negative um, figure out how to, how to turn that into a positive. And so that's what we did as far as being able to stay open and, and keep revenue and being able to continue to pay coaches. Um, we basically transformed into an online program, um, over the course, that's kind of what we spent the first couple of weeks doing, um, programming, coaching, accountability. Uh, we really, what I think we excelled in is we did a really good job of maintaining our tight knit community mm-hmm. through social media and in, getting people involved with each other with their at-home workouts and that type of thing. So I feel like we did a really good job of maintaining the core elements of why people um, are in our gym in the first place. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Is the online training something that you guys continue to offer or did you stop doing that after you opened back up? Yeah. So we, we ended up stopping it completely. Um, I thought that it would be something we would continue to do. Um, and there, we, we've seen, a, we've seen a lot of gyms who ended up going completely online and they love it. Right. It's like the freedom, um, they can work from anywhere they want, all that kind of stuff. And I thought that that was going to be something that we might capitalize on as well. Um, and we started down the road until we all realized that we weren't passionate about it. 
Like it just didn't flow any of our boats. And I don't want to force something if it's, I like to work with people in person. I, I totally see the argument for going online. Like there's probably, um, more potential for earnings and freedom and all of that stuff, but it just wasn't what I was about. And my coaches weren't really about it either. So we decided to, to kind of nix that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Obviously. Yeah. Like you said, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. I think, especially in like more of a hybrid model where people have the option to come in or do some training online. But yeah, I mean, if it's something that you or any of your employees, if, if you guys just hate it, it's never going to work. <laughs> so it wasn't that we hated it. It's just that we're, I think we're, it, it didn't bring us near as much fulfillment as the in-person building relationships with people um, in the gym did. And so we're like, why let's, let's dive into doing more of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's only so much time, energy, and you want to channel that into, yeah, different areas that make more sense for you guys. Um, very cool. So now that we kind of know all of that, I want to switch things up and talk a little bit more about what you are currently doing in the business. Um, so what types of things are you currently doing to get people interested in joining the facility? Um, as it pertains to, I mean, what, what, um, yeah, like, um, you know, any sort of marketing, um, you know, whether that be organic or paid marketing of any, of any sort. Yeah, we do it. We do a little bit of both. Um, I'll go through periods of running some, some paid ads through, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, <clears throat> kind of depending on the season, um, how do we need a bunch of new members or do I, do I, Am I wanting to do a bunch of lead follow-up? Like uh, just we've gone back and forth with like just the type of member we, or the type of lead we typically get from um, a social media, like a, a cold lead off of a social media post versus is there a way to leverage our current members into speaking with their friends or getting their friends and they come in as a, like a little bit more of a warm lead. Um, so we, we, we try to balance the two, um, depending on kind of where we're at, what the, what the season is and what kind of the, the current climate is. So yeah, we've done, we'll run like organic campaigns and we'll do, um, like a, a paid social media campaign as well. So we mm -hmm. back and forth. Yeah, for sure. That totally makes sense. I like that. It's yeah. A good mix of both because, you know, I think, in a perfect world, all gym owners are like, oh yeah, I just want referrals and the people that, you know, happen to drive by and see us and, and whatnot. Um, they're a little gun shy on the paid marketing, but it, it can be very lucrative. Um, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience with that? I think just because, like I said, so many gym owners are a little hesitant as you know, to get into that paid advertising world, because there, there are no guarantees there. You know, once you spend that money, there's no guarantee what you're, what you're going to get in return. Yeah. What do you, what do you think the, the biggest hesitation is for that? You think it's a, the lack of guaranteed of a lead or. Yeah, I think, well, like what I hear from a lot of people is one, you know, like budget wise. Yeah. Like they're, they're putting all this money into it and they're not 100% sure what they're going to get out of it, if anything. And then also I think one of the biggest hesitations that I hear from people are just 
not really knowing how to navigate it. Like, you know, you log on to, to make one of these ads and there's a million different options. The algorithms are ever changing. So mm -hmm. I think that's tricky for a lot of people to navigate as well. Yeah, that's that's kind of where my head went, is I actually think that's probably more of it is just like the lack of knowledge and it becomes like, I don't know where to start. Um, I think that's probably, in, in my opinion, that's what held me back. I had no, I had no issue spending the money on marketing like that. I feel like if you own a business, you right. need some sort of budget <laughs> for marketing. Um, if you want people to see your business, which we're assuming we do. Um, right. So for me, you know, it took me learning about how to do paid ads. And, that, and once I did that, I was like, okay, now I have this tool that I can turn on, I can turn off and it's not a thing anymore. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Where did you end up learning about it from? I had worked with a, a mentor for several years um, and it was included in kind of what we did. So. Uh -huh. Okay, cool, awesome. All right, so now that we kind of know how you're attracting people to the facility, walk us through your sales process. What happens when somebody says like, hey, I'm potentially interested in joining the gym until you get them signed up for whatever your new client offer is? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's, uh, it's definitely something that has changed dramatically over the years. We've gone from um, the classic CrossFit, come try a free class with us to um, full on like almost job interviews to join our gym, right? And, and we've gone back and forth and, and it just like, once again, it kind of depends on um, the class offering. So now that we pretty much focus on just CrossFit group classes, um, the process is really just get to know the person like it it sounds so simple but just get get to know the person understand their goals and then legitimately make the decision if we think that our services will help them and if they would be a good fit for our services mm -hmm. um and not you know it's taken a long time to not just take money from people that have money in front of you Right. Uh, and actually making sure that people, you know, I always use this as an extreme example, but if somebody comes into my gym and they're looking to learn Taekwondo, but they're willing to pay me $200, like right. I'm not the guy, I'm not the guy, like it'd be great to have your money, but like, this isn't going to be a long-term successful mm -hmm. relationship, right? Because I don't have what you need. So that's been the biggest thing is just learning how it sounds so simple, but just but the biggest thing with our like our lead follow up and our, our process of getting people started is just making sure that we align together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that. I think that's yeah, perfect. Just making it a more consultative process, you know, just making a conversation like what are what are you looking to get out of this and can we provide it to you? Yeah. So and then, being, right. and then the you know being completely okay with like when that when those things don't line up. Um man, back in my early days of like business ownership, I would like, oh, that's fine. I can make you a special membership. Like, cause I want you, cause I need your money. Right. Um, and realizing that that's not sustainable. And no, yeah. That gets, <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden you got 50 different people on 50 different kinds of memberships. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, the, the most common one we get is like somebody who's like, Hey, I need to lose a hundred pounds. And I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that's, that's quite a, quite a, a goal. Um, it's definitely something that we have helped people do. Um, here's how we're going to start that, right? We're going to start with like some nutrition coaching because just to be frank, like we need to get some weight off before you can come do high intensity. And they're like, well, I'm not interested. I want to start with training. And I'm just like, we can't, we can't do anything for you. Like mm -hmm. you're going to, if you come in and try to do CrossFit classes, hundred pounds overweight, you're, you're going to get injured. Um, 
So just not, you know, giving people what they need and not always what they want. Right. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Um, okay, cool. So tell us about what happens when somebody does sign up. Are they rolling into group classes right away? Do you have some sort of on-ramp program? And, um, you know, tell us a little bit also, I know it's kind of a lot of questions rolled in, yeah, but um, tell us a little bit too about your, you know, if you have different membership options and what the price points are associated with those. Yeah, so we're currently in the process of making some changes and all this stuff. So I'll just give it to you kind of how it is right now. So it's it's always easiest. Um, as of right now, we don't have an onboarding process. Um, we found that it being too big of a bottleneck to getting people started and the price point that we would need to sell at um, to do the to do a proper onboarding was just too high of a barrier for entry. It just it wasn't a good fit. It didn't seem like for us or our ideal client. Um, we really found that the person that we're targeting that we want to come into the gym doesn't actually need a full um, onboarding program. Like we don't need to spend six personal training sessions with them. Um, they, they, they need to get into group class and learn through that because that's what we offer. So um, we don't have a formal onboarding process, but it is something that we've had some people who are maybe in between that we have encouraged a few personal training sessions with just to get them up to speed or we have done also like we have them come into a class but a coach helps them um, an additional coach helps them in the class we kind of like to play everything on a person case by case basis and try not to apply like a one size fits all to everybody mm -hmm. um so that answered that question. What was the other question? Yeah, just what your different membership options are and how much they cost. Yeah, gotcha. So we typically, so like I said, we're changing some of this right now, but what we've been doing is we have an initial one month program uh, mm -hmm. that is $249 for the initial month that involves uh, group, group training and some added accountability, just basically some coach check-ins and just the, the extra stuff that's needed to, to set people up for success during their first month. Um, so that's, that's typically where we start. Most people assuming that we're not going like a personal training route or anything like that. And then after that month, they roll into a longer term coaching program of 169 per month. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, the trainers that you have on staff. As we talked about off the air, you have a couple full-time, couple part-time. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, do you have a specific hiring and training process for people? And where have you generally hired from? Is it mostly pulling from your own membership base or have you looked externally for candidates? Yeah. So um, once again, kind of a unique situation there um, out of our there's there's so there's six of us and only one has been brought in as like a member uh, or I guess I shouldn't say that the others. So one, two, two have been members of this gym before I even bought it and they came on as coaches when I purchased it. Um, so they were like members that we brought in as coaches um, and then the other two. I guess without like, I, I can dive into each one specifically, but essentially they've all been long, long-term members or potentially coaching when I bought the gym and they've stuck with it. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've only actually brought on one new person and gone through like a, a, a training process with one person in the last five years. 
Oh, wow. That's yeah. That's yeah I know cool. saying that it's like, what? That's crazy. But yeah. I know I was going to say, yeah. yeah, most CrossFit gyms have much higher turnover on the trainers than that. Yeah. And it's like what I was saying, maybe it was before we hit record. Like, I feel like that's one of our uniques is that we have a, a core group of coaches that have been doing this for five plus years um, with the exception of one. Um, we roll with kind of a small crew. It's, it's six of us, um, where I know a lot of, it seems like a lot of other like boutique fitness or CrossFit gyms end up having what seems like 10 or 12 part-time coaches. And to me that works, like they might all be amazing, but it just seems like a lot to manage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then one thing that's important to us is consistency of coaching and just being able to work as a team. And by keeping a smaller team, we're able to to, I think, deliver a, a better product, a, a more consistent product to our members. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so as we're talking here about growth, you're at 140 members currently. Do you have a number in mind that you would like to eventually get to that you think would just be your, your ideal number for you guys? Not, a, not an idea, not a set number of people. Um, you know, it, it's weird because the goal is to help as many people as possible improve their health and fitness, but also recognizing that like I have limitations and capabilities like uh, there's limits on me and my team on how many people we can help with how much time um, and all that stuff. So no, we don't have a specific amount of people that we're trying to get to. Um, I might look at it more as like, I talked about expanding into some different markets and that type of thing. Like maybe it would be more smaller goals. Like uh, if we, if we start another class type of thing, um, how many people do I want to get into that class to make that financially viable to stay on its own and that type of thing. So no, I don't have an overall, an overall goal for just people. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just asked in terms of, obviously we talked about growth in terms of, you know, marketing, attracting new members, but um, I wanted to touch a little bit on kind of the other side of that, as far as retention with your current members. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously there's in, in a perfect world, nobody would leave, but um, you know, no matter how good you are, um, you're always going to be losing a few here. So is retention something that you guys track on a regular basis? Uh, yes and no. Um, I know the correct way to track retention and it's, it's somewhat complicated. Um, and I, at one point learned how to do it correctly. Um, but we really just keep like more of like a member count month to month. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so yes and no. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just asked too, as far as like, you know, do you guys have a process for, you know, reaching out to people that maybe have dropped off a little bit, haven't been in, in a while, anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Basically using, basically using a, 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 our CRM, we have a, you know, tracking of, um, attendance. We do a monthly attendance report that a coach will go over and take a look at and, um, follow up with people that are low attendance. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just, they aren't checking in or sometimes they're, you know, off the rails. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're, we're, um, I think that's kind of like the, the beauty of like the CrossFit, the smaller gym, we don't have 600 members. I know every single member in my gym and I can reach out to them and be like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So, you know, we know how you're getting people in the doors, how you're signing them up, how you're executing your group classes. Um, but let's touch on a little bit 
um, what you may or may not be doing to add more value for your clients. Um, so do you offer any sort of additional services? Um, obviously, we we already talked about how um, you guys kind of did away with the online coaching, but do you offer any sort of nutrition services, apparel sales, supplement sales, things like that? Yeah, so we do supplements, apparel. Um, we as an as a upgraded service we have a sauna here that you can purchase you can purchase 24-hour access um however all that that's not all necessarily available right to just any member like the we we want to maintain the the group crossfit training is our bread and butter we're not a 24-hour gym that's not how we that's not how we roll so we do have some like upgrades for members but yeah apparel supplements um we actually just uh, stopped our nutrition program. We just stopped our in-house nutrition program and we partnered with a online company um, that we refer people to. Um, it just, it wasn't, um, it just wasn't working for us. Uh, my nutrition coach, just for lack of a better term, nutrition coaching is very, um, is very mentally draining for her. Uh, you're, you end up almost being people's psychologist or psychiatrist. Right. Uh, we, know that, we know that food can be a very large mental hurdle for people. And she just wasn't wanting to take that on anymore. And I'm super happy that she recognized that rather than getting drove into the ground um, with stress. So uh, we did away with our nutrition program. Um, but no, I think, I think about it as far as like kind of other revenue streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That That is awesome that she was kind of able to realize because yeah, it's One of those things where I think every gym owner, trainer knows is we all know that the nutrition is going to be the thing that moves the needle the most for people as far as getting results, but it's the one thing that nobody wants to do. (laughs) We also, yeah, right. And we also had kind of the idea or just the feeling that, so she's a, she's a full-time coach here as well. And I think there's something to be said about having a nutrition coach that isn't also your training coach that you see every day um she felt like people would maybe try to avoid her if they weren't doing as well you know like she follows up like with the nutrition side of things and then that makes them uncomfortable or like they feel if they're disappointed in themselves and they might avoid the gym so they don't have to have an uncomfortable conversation with her where it's like that's not really the goal either so by outsourcing it to other people who possibly are more qualified than us anyway um, it's been a nice separation. Yeah, very. Cool. And, and then our members still get the results, right? So, right. Yes, exactly. And that's all that matters. Um, all right, cool. So, you know, we talked a little bit about how you guys got started, talked a bunch about what you're doing now. Let's shift our focus here to the future. Um, you know, what would you say are your goals for the next year or two as far as the business goes? Do you guys have any plans, projects, things that you're working on? Yeah. So like I said, um, expanding into some other markets, uh, we've been pretty diehard CrossFit. Um, I've been a big believer in the CrossFit methodology and running group classes. Um, however, that is not what everyone is looking for. And I've really come to understand that my energy is better spent, not just continuously preaching to people why they should do CrossFit, but getting developing a product that people just naturally want to use and 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 use and if that's crossfit then that's awesome but there's a lot of other methods of fitness out there um that might bring in other people that are just turned off to crossfit so i would say that's probably one of our our next biggest projects is to is to expand into some other demographics 
All right, very cool. Um, all right, well, we are winding down on time here, Kyle. So before we go, I do have one last question for you. And that is, if you could go back all the way back to 2016 when you bought the gym um, and you could give yourself or our listeners one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be? Try, uh, don't try to be everything to everyone. Figure out who what what business what kind of a business you want to run figure out what type of person that that attracts and really kind of focus in and target those people and it's okay it's okay to turn people away if they're not a good fit very cool yeah i like that all right awesome well we are out of time here today kyle thank you so much for being here with us today before we go for all the listeners out there what's your website where can we find you guys on social media yeah, so warriorcfm.com and then all of our social media is warriorcfm. Okay, perfect. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you for spending some time with us today as well. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Kyle here. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be as in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to fitness pros who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, manager of Snap Fitness in Lowell, Michigan, Brian Remersma. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you. Awesome, man. I'm excited to have you. Let's get into it. Give us the lowdown. Tell us about your specific club there in Lowell. In Lowell, Michigan, at Snap Fitness, uh, we have a uh, full service gym uh, so you know kind of a standard gym uh, free weights you know, machines uh, studio that type of thing personal training uh, snap fitness in general is 24 7 uh, clubs across the country and ran across the globe really uh, and our club is uh, you know part of all of that and certainly focused on uh, just growing membership for the local community and uh, being a great club for us. Awesome, man. So give us a little bit. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, off air, your background. You were involved with the company for a while. Um, and then you had some some other ventures that you went into. 
and then pandemic happened. Uh, you were still in the ecosphere of Snap Fitness, and that's how you ended up back. But give us a little color to that. Sure. Uh, years ago, I was the regional director in uh, the Grand Rapids area for a uh, a local franchisee. We had ten clubs. Uh, in the Grand Rapids area, 32 clubs, or excuse me, I was the president of the, uh, the co-op of 32 clubs for the West Michigan region, and uh, did that from 2014 to 2018, uh, and then uh, left, left Snap Fitness after, uh, after a business merger. We brought in a new managing partner to manage the clubs, uh, and from there, uh, went off uh, really on my own as a consultant. Uh, helping professionals develop. So uh, working with uh, young, young professionals, athletes, and poker players across the country and helping them become uh, better professionals. So helping them you know, really uh, manage themselves and make sure they were doing the best that they could to achieve the success that they wanted to achieve. Uh, over the years, uh, that was fine. And uh, then the pandemic happened and kind of everything changed a little bit. Uh, in Michigan, in particular with thinking about uh, gyms, the clubs were closed from uh, April until uh, I believe uh, November is when we actually opened the doors. So, so there were about six months where gyms were just completely closed. During that time, uh, a lot of franchisees actually decided to walk away from some clubs. And so Snap Fitness Corporate came in, took over uh, some clubs regionally here in Michigan, and that's when we connected and they wanted to uh, bring me in to uh, help them specifically at one club and then help with the, uh, you know, the growth of the other clubs regionally. Uh, so that's what I've been doing for the last year and a half. And uh, we've certainly, we've certainly grown them, uh, but you know, not perfectly. I would say. I so say you, you still run into some pitfalls. Uh, still, we're still in a pandemic, so that's a challenge. To, uh, you know, today still. We sure are, uh, and uh, there are different things that happen um, in in specifics. So I'm interested from your point of view, because I'm sure Snap Fitness um, had some things that they knew from you being in the fold with them that you brought to the table. And I'm interested in your point of view of what were the things that you thought, the areas you thought you'd bring the most value into the area in that specific club and how have you applied them to some of the challenges that we are facing as an industry right now into your specific area? Yeah, so with, uh them wanting to bring me in and my experience, I think it really uh, boiled down to that, that I understood the variables that make clubs successful. So, you know, depending on how you lay them out, there are pretty basic variables, you know, your expense variables, of course, uh, but uh, when your membership variables, for some clubs, it might just be membership and that might be all the revenue that comes in. Uh, for others, it's membership, personal training revenue, revenue from, uh, different classes, group training, and things like that. Uh, so I, having an understanding of the variables allowed me to, I would say, mentor the other managers in the region uh, and also 
it allowed me to take this Lowell club and you know, try to really you know, grow it as best we could. Um, our variables, of course, uh, the membership component, the uh, personal training component, and then uh, you have, uh, in Michigan, we have a lot of insurance companies that pay for memberships and things like that. So uh, insurance revenue becomes a component and it can uh, you know, make up for, you know, for us, in our case right now, it's about 9% of our revenue, uh, but it could be uh, on paper, it could be up to you know, 30% of our revenue if you know, we truly continue to foster it and grow it like we have. Uh, and then you, there was a second part to that question, but uh, oh, the pandemic struggles. Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, pandemic, regional issues, things that you've been able to apply from your skill set and, and move the needle and keep things marching forward. Do you feel like there have been any um, any major major moves that you've been able to make to to keep things going in the right direction? Yeah, uh, here I think. Uh, me mentioning that insurance component, that was a significant piece of really us uh, staying afloat during the pandemic, uh, bringing people back into the gym and getting them involved again and trying to do it without uh, the boot camp style classes and the classes that, you know, they're coming in and paying for, you know, losing that one revenue variable completely because people don't necessarily want to you know, jump into the small studio that we have and, and you know, work in a class of, of eight people in that small room where they didn't for a while. Uh, so facing that, I think, was a real challenge and uh, really just getting people to come back into the club again. So mm -hmm. a lot of, I would, I would almost say, uh, outreach or community engagement. Um, so uh, participating in different local events and things like that to, to let people know, hey, look, we, we are still here. We, we are still part of this community. We, you know, we want you to come and stay healthy and be healthy. Uh, so that was a big piece of it. And then I would also say the corporate wellness side of things. So reaching out to companies and uh, offering them opportunities to get involved with us uh, because that creates then uh, a larger a group of people that are using your club and ultimately, you know, helping you grow. Yeah, that's, that's really, uh, I think a great inside the club point of view, because um, I'm I, my, the way I picture it is that from a corporate level, there's probably some marketing, some advertising, some community communication that that's done from a high level. Is that right? Uh, yes, there are some things that are done from, from the corporate level. So they certainly push out certain, you know, posts and, and Instagram and Facebook and things like that. Uh, but we try to engage directly at the community level. So uh, thinking about the manager of, you know, being the ambassador, you know, for Snap Fitness and that, that town, you know, a lot of companies say the mayor of fitness in the town, you know, however it's worded, uh, it's that idea that you want people when they're talking about health and fitness, you want them to be talking about you. Uh, and that is something that it is, it's a little harder to do from, you know, Minnesota at a corporate office and I, you know, 
a marketing person in a corporate office, it's harder for them to do that, uh, whereas we can have that direct engagement. Yeah, and that was exactly what I was getting at there. And you, you kind of, you laid it out pretty eloquently there is corporate can do the things that are best executed remotely, but they still need, you know, it's not just that you're there to turn the lights on and make sure someone wipes down their equipment. It's, they still need somebody who is that face in the community, somebody who can have more of a direct involvement, do events, do, you know, pre-sale if a new club is opening, do whatever, whatever may need to be done that actually needs a local human touch because there still is that feel for some people wanting to have a connection in the community. And that's, that's probably one of the biggest roles that you have is, as being that, that man on the ground. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've said from day one that it's, it's about creating a culture where people enjoy the club. They want to come back. Uh, so as you create that culture, the club grows and our club uh, specifically over the uh, past year, we've grown membership by 25%. We've grown revenue by 60%. Um, and I would say most people in 2021 in the fitness industry did not do that. I think it was a hard year for the fitness industry. And we were able to just really knock it out of the park with growth because we did come in and really just, we got our hands, you know, got our hands dirty in all, all areas. We wanted to be a participant. Uh, and so really taking very good care of the clubs themselves and, and just from a cleaning standpoint and making sure that when customers walked in, they were just like, wow, this place is great. And as long as customers feel that way, they want to continue to come back. That's important. Awesome. So as of right now in your particular club, you're it. You're the guy for everything. If there's a hat, you're wearing it. If there's a hatless job, you're doing it. Um, but that's probably not the long-term goal, right? Is there, is there a vision for what the ultimate playing looks like in your location? How many, if it would have trainers, if it would have other things? And, and if so, can you lay that out for us a little bit? And with the twist for you, where I think it's, it's going to be most relevant is you have this other um, specialty, this other area of expertise where you're mentoring people to be professionals in other areas. So I'd love to hear how that has and can interplay with, with potential other employees, team members in the location. Yeah. So our club, I am the staff, as I said. And so uh, I always use the the phrase, you know, if something's on the ground and I don't pick it up, nobody will. So I certainly take care of everything right now. And that is definitely not the long-term vision. Uh, the long-term vision would be that uh, you have a manager of the club and then you also have uh, multiple trainers that are doing one-on-one -on -one sessions, but also potentially teaching some uh, classes as well. Uh, whether that be you know, boot camp style classes that are revenue based or just teaching some classes periodically that are just you know free to members and they're just you know paid to do that. Uh, so certainly having trainers. Uh, the challenge that we're facing right now is that uh, 
really great trainers often want to go out and do their own thing because it's more lucrative than working for uh, a corporate club where you know the pay might not you know be what their expectations are uh, so looking on the other side having some other trainers that uh, they are interested but they might not have the skill set that we need and so what it really comes down to for somebody like me is finding somebody maybe they don't have the experience but they have the tools they need me to you know guide them and help them get the best out of themselves so that they are a good trainer so if somebody can build a relationship if they can just walk into my club and build a relationship with me about uh the the concept of personal training during an interview then they can undoubtedly be taught the rest of it uh, as long as they if they understand fitness um, and they understand you know I, I guess that relationship side of things. Um, in truth, I believe that building relationships is the biggest part of personal training. The fitness part, I don't want to say that it's easy because I don't think it is. I think it gets more and more complex uh, each year. <laughs> and uh, we certainly have to individualize things more and more. But I do believe that uh, you need both sides of that. You need that relationship building because that's, in essence, what personal training is all about. Yeah, I think I'd even take that a step further and say that that's what life success is all about. Without uh, a doubt. And it applies in so many areas. But I do agree that in the field of personal training, it's not something that you can go and get a, a NASM cert or an ACSM or whatever the case may be, they, they can tell you that you need to have people skills or soft skills, but they're not as coachable and testable as being in the real world and, and finding someone, you know, I always hear from people, they're like, I can take somebody who's got great people skills and tell them how to, how to coach movement and help people get results but vice versa is a is more of an uphill battle. So I think recognizing that and not just, you know, ready, fire, aim. Like I just want people with a, you know, front and page back resume of certs isn't really the proven formula that I see with most owners and managers who have who have developed a lot of staff. It's cool, it's nice, and it looks good on a piece of paper, but you have to you have to be well-rounded. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, with training, uh, just kind of to to build off what you were saying as well. I think that uh, with trainers, we want them to have those skills. We certainly want them to have the knowledge. Uh, it is a critical piece. Uh, but I think one of the uh, the pieces that is, is often lost in this is when we're growing individuals and helping them develop, we have to turn their weaknesses into strengths as best we can. So uh, if somebody struggles with uh, interpersonal communication, being able to help them develop that and become better at interpersonal communication, uh, that becomes part of our job too. And so that's something that 
it becomes very important in my role, thinking about, uh, I would say, leading people from, from the same place. Uh, there are other managers in the region, and I have had to work with them, help them, uh, mentor them. And I'm not their boss. I'm not in charge of them. But it's become that relationship because they, they've learned from me. They knew they could count on me. And so uh, that's something you have to do with trainers as well, is, is you know, grow them. So the knowledge is key, but also those interpersonal relationships are critical. Yeah, yeah, that kind of sums it up. Really put a bow on it right at the end. Knowledge is key, but the interpersonal relationships are critical. So um, as far as your role, goals, um, the real hard black and white stuff, where you are in your facility. You've, you've been in multiple clubs, you've been higher up in the management chain. Are there any um, key metrics that you work from that, that you like to see as measures of success? Uh, percentage of members enrolled in, in personal training, uh, in, a, in a club that has group training, percentage of members that are doing other things, are there any uh, any standards that you've found? I know there's. We can look at URSA and we can look at a lot of things, but you've done it. You you know you're not just you know somebody who's a who's a paper tiger here. What are the big marks and measures of success for you in a club like yours, whether someone's an independent or a franchise or whatever, that make you feel like, hey, things are things are on the right track. These are signs of progress. What are the big things that you look at? Um, I, I think that the word progress is a big piece of it. You, you're certainly looking for progress as time goes on, and that's going to be in a variety of different areas. Uh, some of the most basic, for SNAP Fitness specifically, the most basic one, uh, or the most basic few, would be uh, revenue per member. So uh, how much revenue are we getting per member, or revenue per membership would be you know, another way to look at it as well. Uh, going to be a little different because you're gonna have some family memberships and things like that. Uh, so that's a, a key one. And then the, uh, the insurance component that I talked about before in Michigan, that's an important component that I say a lot of owners take for granted because they just kind of, yeah, that's kind of, you know, it is what it is. Um, in our particular club, it could account for thousands of dollars in revenue each month. Um, it would be, you know, terrible of us to just ignore it and just kind of, yeah, well, whatever we get, we get. Uh, but one of the most important variables, in my opinion, is the attrition rate. How low is our attrition rate? Once people come, how long do they stay? And uh, the idea is to, you know, have the attrition rate be falling and have the, you know, the revenue per member or per membership be increasing. You know, those, that's, the easy way to kind of look at it. Uh, certainly the percentage of members in programs and things like that are, are very important. Uh, but for, for us this past year, it has been about uh, growing the membership itself and in turn growing the revenue per member and uh, decreasing the attrition rate, which I think is done you know, when you have a, a great you know, staff. Um, and I guess at the moment, that's me. 
Um, but <laughs> but all of our clubs across the region did a great job with growth this year. Uh, phenomenal, actually. Yeah, I hope I hope that you uh, hope that you take good care of that staff that you have there at your location because I hear they're a hardworking crew. Yes, yes, I am. Awesome. So. Um, as we progress through this and, and realize that like, you know, your, your personality, your, the, your place that you manage from and how you see the business is very service centric. It's very relationship centric. Um, if people are listening out there and they know that that's what they need um, and are trying to develop those skills or are trying to find a point of view to advance where they are there, you know, maybe go from good to great. I mean, you can't, in my experience, you can't take somebody who's completely antisocial and turn them into, you know, the bell of the ball, but you know, there is a lot of this good to great people coming out of their shells, people, people finding a perspective of how they can, they can advance in this, you know, for one example that I've, that I've seen that's flipped the switch for a lot of people is in the the transaction in the sales process, a lot of times it looks like I don't want to be salesy. I'm not that guy. I don't want to be used car salesman in the gym. And they, they have this realization. And a lot of times it looks like, Hey, if you're here to help people, you can't help them if you don't offer them the best thing for them. And in a lot of instances, that looks like them exchanging money for service. And that gives them a different perspective. Is there anything else that you've come across that's helped, um, help people turn the corner as far as upping their game in those relationships? Uh, yeah, and, and based on exactly what you said, I would say two very specific things. Uh, number one is going to be analysis. Uh, part of the reason that I originally got involved with Snap Fitness was the analysis of uh, the larger 10 clubs and the larger 32 clubs in the region uh, analyzing their variables that contribute to their success and then helping them you know, foster growth in the variables that they wanted to foster growth in or better way to say it, foster progress because there are some you know, um, or, you know, attrition when it goes down, that's progress. Uh, so I certainly think that everybody should analyze the variables that make their business profitable at the end of the day. Um, if you... Uh, take care of the things you're supposed to take care of, you, you are certainly going to be more profitable. There's, there's a, a couple of ways to look at that. Uh, if you help a lot of people, if you change a lot of lives, you're going to make a lot of money along the way. Uh, some people say that phrase the opposite way. If we make a whole bunch of money, we're going to change a lot of lives. Uh, I prefer the former because uh, to me, that's what this industry is about. That goes into my second point of, uh, you mentioned the used car salesman concept. Uh, you have to understand what you are selling. So if I am working directly with a manager of a club and trying to help them understand the sales process and what they need to do, uh, my goal is to help them understand that they are selling a better life. Uh, I think there's a difference between you know, that, that old adage of the, the used car salesman concept where you know, it's like they're just trying to sell you something. Um, we, we know 
I know that when somebody walks into my club, if they buy the, uh, the membership that includes a couple of personal training sessions, they're going to be better off. Not only are they going to be better off, it's going to help us, uh, which then you know, ultimately helps us you know, longer term and hiring more people and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but really understanding that we, we don't need to feel like salespeople because we are simply telling them the best way for them to have success and uh, just guiding them in that direction. So uh, those are kind of the, the two points there that I think are the most important. Awesome. And the thing that was unspoken that you said there, but came out just, just the way your tone changed and your volume is something we talk about a lot is the conviction. If somebody takes this service, they are going to be better off. Absolutely. You, I think if you can look at anything through that lens, if you know we can't look in, in people's bank accounts and in their wallets, we can't make those judgments for them, that's not our job. If I have you in front of me and I say, Brian, I know that if you do nutrition coaching with a nutritionist, you're going to be better off. If you, you know, eat enough protein, you're going to be better off. If you do a personal training session, even once a week for the accountability, just as much as the training, you're going to be better off. If you can look in the mirror and say, Hey, the alternative is worse than this, then we should be able to deliver everything with that same conviction. And if we can't, you got to reel it back and, and train yourself to know that if you don't believe that someone's better off, you're probably in the wrong line of work or selling sure. the wrong thing or need to get in alignment with that because it comes through, you know, who believes more? Do they believe they're better off not doing it? Do you believe more they're better off doing it? Somebody's going to win that. And if you're truly in this game to help people, that's, I think, the lens that works 100% of the time. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So we are, unfortunately, on that note, almost out of time. So last thing I'm going to hit you with, and we've talked a lot of philosophical things, and, and there's a lot. We've had some tactical in there. But for your time in the industry and outside the industry doing other things, uh, if, if anybody's listening, if they're a manager, an owner, aspiring to be one of those things, is there anything, if you could wrap it up and, and put it into one lesson you've learned or piece of advice or something you'd like to tell younger Brian, is there any way you could frame this thing up, put a cherry on top for us with, with some words of wisdom? There are so many, so many things that, that I could say at that, you know, in this regard, there's no great way to sum it up. Uh, you know, being unafraid to fail, I think, is a critical, uh, a critical factor in in you know growth and recognizing failure. Uh, if you make mistakes, that's not the you know the the worst thing because you certainly tried. Uh, <clears throat> if I were to offer just information. Uh, Years ago, I delivered the last lecture at Grand Valley State University, and uh, that was uh, really all about me uh, answering that question in a lot of ways. I mean, it was me telling, 
telling people how to be better professionals and telling them how to you know really approach uh, life and uh, their careers. So um, you know maybe check that out for a great concrete answer. I think, but yes, uh, don't be afraid to fail because uh, the most successful people certainly fail along the way. Awesome, man. Well, we are officially out of time now. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being on with us. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, we appreciate you. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. We wouldn't be here without you. To everyone out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.